Hi, I'm Johnny Varvel, UK's Editor-in-Chief, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the Varvel Football Podcast. This podcast aims to bring you insight, debate, and entertainment from some of the best and brightest young sports journalists from around the world. Please do give us a listen. You've already started, so I'd recommend staying for a little bit longer at least. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, then please do give us a subscribe. And even better, give us a positive review. Positive reviews are a great way to expand our reach. Not only would this mean a lot to me, but it would mean a lot to over 300 writers that write regularly for Varble UK. We hope to get as many of them on this podcast as we possibly can over the course of the 2021 to 22 season. Anyway, enough of my waffle. Let's get straight into this. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to the final Marvel Football Podcast of 2022. I am your former editor-in-chief, the first time and maybe last time I'll ever say that on this podcast, Johnny Bentley, now replaced by Noah Robson, who is actually seven years my senior. No, seven years my junior. Not seven years my senior. If he was 31, I'd feel sorry for him in this job. He'd be retired. He would, yeah. He would, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a 24-year-old spring chicken, and Harry's a 21 or 22-year-old. 22. Yeah, I thought you were 22. Um, 22. He's also now formally deputy editor-in-chief of the whole Volvo I've, website. I've had a promotion before I've even got... <laughs> yes. Oh, God, After my yeah. departure, I've had a promotion. Very, very nice. Well, Harry actually was Premier League editor during this time, but actually he got himself a promotion because, well... Oh, we didn't really have a de- well. The deputy editor sort of disappeared, which I think is fair. Uh, Brad, Brad was very busy with with lots of things. Uh, Brad Cox doing a very good job with lots of different things, including the athletic, including social the social media sports side of things as well. So he's been incredibly busy, which means Harry's taken up his role alongside the BBC. And we we are happy though, aren't we? In in a, in a way that we're passing it on to three people: uh, Noah Robson. Robin Mumford and Owen Barnard, three younger people than us who have got so much exuberance and energy uh, that the site should really be in good hands for the foreseeable future. Yeah, they'll be all right. They'll do. No, three excellent lads, um, really worthy people of leading Vavil into the future. Uh, I've officially left. I'll still probably be on this podcast, though. Johnny's sticking around for a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, World Cup was kind of my last dance as such. It went really, really well. Uh, and looking forward to the to the future for me and of course for Johnny as well when he finishes his MA at Salford. Oh, You're not very well at the minute though, Johnny, are you? I'm not very well, no. I, I feel like I'm coming down with a sense of the sniffles. Uh, I don't think it's full on COVID, but I can't, I, can't, I don't have the test to prove it. Uh, however, it's flu season, supposedly. Everyone seems to be, you were saying to me that there's a lot of people who seem to be having coughs and colds at this moment in time. And naturally, I suppose that is the winter flu thing before COVID happened. Everyone got ill at winter, didn't they? It's true. This is what listeners who joined in this podcast really want to hear it is. about flu, illnesses, the common cold, it all is. that sort of jazz. It is. Do you crack on with the football? Final <coughs> cough there, just to just to just to emphasise how ill I am. We're going to have a mm. sort of general feel of, of 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 summary for the whole year. We've just talked about ourselves for a bit. Harry likes to do that regularly. Um, <laughs> you can talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, bit of bit of bit of irony there when I said that. But we are going to look at um, the the football as a whole in terms of the best eleven of the year, some of the highlights of the year, the recent World Cup that's just gone, and maybe a little bit. We I know Harry was a bit dubious on this, but maybe just to touch on the Ballon d'Or because I had to write a piece on it for the MBN this week uh, on one of my. Oh, get it, go on, get it in there. No, 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 no. I mean, well, you, you you've been saying BBC, BBC at the start of these, so, I'll say, <laughs> so we have to we have to throw something in. So. What we're going to do now is we're going to have a, a, a look at really, I think, I think the World Cup, first of all, before we even get into the 11, because we haven't actually spoken about it. And we said on our previous podcast, actually, we previewed the whole thing. Um, and, and now it's over. I think, to be honest, Harry, and I didn't see every game. I can't lie. I've been very busy. I did see a lot towards the end. Been so busy. <laughs> I have been. Yeah. I've been, like the, the MA course and the freelancing and private tuition and whatnot, but I did see quite a lot towards the end. I saw all of England's games, of course. Well, I say I saw, I forgot. I was surprised you could see them. (laughs) (laughs) One, to be fair, I was stuck. So we were watching these. I think it's important for the context. We were watching the England games in a rabble, in a crowd of hundreds of people. These were largely in the student union bar. Before I get stick for that, the pints were £2. And the atmosphere was unbelievable. But as, you, as you're quite rightly um, hinting at, yes, by the end, I can't remember half the games now, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, That's the expert analysis that they all crave. <laughs> so I, 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 obviously, for the sake of this podcast, I watched a full rerun the day after. Just so I knew oh, I yes, doing. of course. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but no, I think... I, on, the, on the level of the England, first of all, obviously, this is we're both English... Um, and I did. No, I, I, I lie a little bit when I say I can't remember what happened. I do, I do remember, I don't know, 70 percent of it. But um, I think, first of all, it's quite unique, isn't it? Whenever the big tour- international tournament comes around and it, it was different in the winter. But one of the most underrated factors, I think, is how. And I said this, I think, in 2018, when we were in a bit of a crisis politically. Uh, we're always in a crisis politically. But how it brought a complete togetherness around people in terms of everyone unified alongside one common goal and as we were in those at that atmosphere that bustling vessel of atmosphere that was the SU bar or any bar for that matter <laughs> I must add any bar for that matter I was England France we switched it up and that's probably why we, we went out inevitably but um, it's quite un- unique isn't it Harry there's nothing quite like the spirit and the the atmosphere and the feel-good factor that comes with your country doing well in an international tournament. I, it's not, and as someone who loves his club and, and would probably rather his club won a major trophy than England, if, in all honesty, it's still nothing compared to what what the country does to bring so many people together like that. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, personally, I've got a lot of friends who are Sunderland supporters, Middlesbrough supporters. We all don't really support the same club, so it's nice to all come together, common goal, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but it did just feel a little bit weird, though, didn't it? The whole winter thing. I, I know it didn't really affect you because you you got tanked up throughout the whole tournament. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me, I, I, <laughs> but for me, I was I was finishing work, coming straight home, and watching the games. I don't think I went out for a single match. Maybe yeah. I'm just boring. Uh, but no, it it is quite nice and. Maybe, I think I saw a tweet from a journalist kind of saying that maybe we're taking Southgate and this England team for granted. I know we aren't winning anything, but it's a lot better than it was under Capello, under Hodgson, under Sven, in terms of England are actually doing quite well. But ultimately, they aren't still winning anything. 
So I, I kind of want to like touch on that next now with England. Of course, Southgate was under huge pressure before the tournament even started because the Nations League run was was so dreadful. And um, I think we all knew that top of the group was probably the minimum goal, the expectation. And mm. um, then getting past Senegal or the Netherlands was something that you expected. The big test was against France in the quarterfinals and ultimately England fell at the first hurdle. That match for me was essentially our final that night. And I thought if we went and won that game, we may have went on to win the lot. Probably would have slipped up to Argentina in the final, maybe. Um, but it was such a big game. And there was so much around Southgate and is he tactically up for it, that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm, I personally, before the tournament started, I would have probably looked to have got rid of Southgate. That was That's just my personal opinion. But what I will say is, tactically, I thought England was spot on throughout the whole tournament even against France, and I thought we were very, very unlucky to lose that game. Yeah. It's the only game, though, you would say, with possible exception of Germany, but it was a a Germany team on decline at the last tournament, that you'd have said, oh, I don't expect England to win that game. And and they didn't. Was this Germany at the Euros last year? Yes, sorry, yeah. But this is the same same German side that hasn't got a group stage at a World Cup for eight years since they won it. So you're backing my point up there? Am I back? Am I? Am I? Am I got yeah. completely? This yeah. got completely wrong. I have. You might me. have done. You have. Yeah. You're back at <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought I thought you would defend them there because I think the the argument probably going to get onto is England team under Southgate. Whenever they play a, a decent side, they lose. That's that's the argument I was making. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Harry. Uh, yeah, no, no. They said, uh, no, the point. That's what the point I was making. So the Germany game, which was very much a fifty-fifty. I think I remember. Was it Thomas Muller running through? Yeah. Uh, and putting it wide. Um, at 1-0 to England, I think, and then England yeah. go and get the second. That changes the whole game, doesn't it, if that goes in? Very much a game of cat and mouse throughout that. And then England obviously go all the way to the final against Italy. To be fair, Italy, given the home advantage and given the the, the personnel on display, I think you could have argued England were favourites for that game. You oh, know, it, I mean, look, they, they were, and I think we'll always look back at that as the one that got away. It was essentially yeah. a home tournament, playing against an Italian side who were very good at the yeah. Euros, but it was an, an ageing defence. Yeah. Arguably their best player other than Chiesa Spinazzola was out of the game injured. Mm. We won the look at half time and Southgate essentially didn't really change it up. I thought he got done tactically by Mancini yeah. and we played for penalties against a side who were knackered and looking for the whistle themselves. Yeah, and I'm, so I, I, I do agree to a point with that as well. I mean, it's, it's hard on that because, of course, the two people he brings on... Uh, Saka and Rashford wasn't uh, not Sancho, 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 and Rashford, and Rashford, Sancho and Rashford yeah. yeah I mean that's either a genius masterstroke if they both score or it, it, he falls on his sword and he fell on never to it's like when Louis van Gaal brought Tim Krul on uh, yeah and, you know, and, and, and everyone says oh genius manager you know if those two players both score you say oh Southgate what a, what a don and ultimately penalties is a bit of a lottery at the end of the day so I did feel a bit for him on that but like you say 1-0 up go for the cutthroat and get a second you, probably, you win the game don't you but yeah. there was a reluctance to do so now France game, yeah, a lot of people are coming away and saying, you know, I don't like excuses. I don't like excuses, Harry. I mean, with the France game in particular, mm. everyone's saying the first goal shouldn't have happened because Saka got fouled. There were 25 seconds between that and yeah. the goal. So, mm. you know, if every single decision was micromanaged at that point, you wouldn't have half the goals you have today. You know, and it's only because of the magnitude of the goal, the magnitude of the game in England, that it's been so heavily looked at and focused on. There was so much time to to, to stop the Takua many shot going in. I don't really blame Pickford for it, to be honest. I mean, this, it was. I thought in in real time that was a 
wonderfully taken shot, which no one expected. And it went mm. in at quite a rate of knots. So, you know, I think the goalkeeper like me was t- sort of taken by surprise. Who's expecting the defensive midfielder to do that? Fantastic also, player that he is. He's a hundred, he's a hundred million pound footballer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would look at somewhere else and say maybe they needed to be a bit more dark artsy, bring a player down, stop the play. You know, Saka's just been brought down, fair dues. That's an interesting take, that Johnny, before you move on, because yeah. uh, I don't know whether you heard Roy Keane saying this after the final. He said, uh-huh. England are too nice. Yeah. Do you agree? Maybe. Um, a little bit. I I don't know. I, I tweeted this once or twice, once in the tournament, and sort of said that the Southgate mentality is almost like the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Man United mentality and that it keeps everyone really happy. Um, tactically, we're not sure, but he definitely has created an environment of positivity and uh, a, a, gr- a group that wants to pull in the, all in the same direction. But I, again, like Solskjaer, you do question when he comes up against the big coaches, does he have that in-game management? Does he have that ability to... Does he even convince the players that they can get over the line in these big games? Uh, you know, For example, if Jose Mourinho is on the sideline, for example, he might become the manager of Portugal, to be fair. But if he's on the sidelines, you're in a semi-final. You're probably choosing him over Southgate if you want to get oh, to that yeah. final. You are. You are you Tell you what I thought was interesting as well yeah. with, with France and Deschamps in particular. In that final, it wasn't working. He took off Olivier Giroud, who was having a wonderful tournament, took him off after 30 minutes. He took, he who else did he take off? Dembele, I think he took yeah, off as well. Yeah, yeah. After half an hour to hook two of your best players off. Yeah. Southgate probably wouldn't do that. No, no, uh, no, he wouldn't. And yeah, it was. And it did work because, well, it, never, it did work eventually, supposedly. I suppose it got Mbappe a little bit more inside. I don't know. I don't know. To be, I mean, Mbappe had a wonderful game. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second. But yeah, for me, I mean, I was listening to Simon Jordan on TalkSport and I think he sort of got the nail on the head a little bit, like he sometimes does. Um, when he was saying, when he was going along the lines of, why are we celebrating like we've won something? It's very you know, true. And when we are, uh, and, and you know, family who usually are critical of England sometimes they were doing the same and I think it's because we you, you would say England or we went out gracefully and I think we did to a point because we played quite well against one of the best teams in the in the world but this is a France team without Pogba without Kante without Benzema um so it's been wounded a bit let's just say that that it wasn't France at full strength no and if it was France at full strength I dare say they might have won the whole thing because you know I actually yeah, thought throughout they, the tournament they and yeah. Pogba's brilliant for France. I felt they missed mm-hmm. Pogba in that tournament. Someone who could like dictate from deep. Someone who could create things from deep. I mean, Griezmann was unbelievable in that tournament. It was fantastic. Yeah. But uh, I still think they missed the the, the, the France Paul Pogba that we saw light up uh, both in the Euros, just gone, uh, but more, more more so in the World Cup, which they won. Um, so it was a brilliant opportunity for England, and it would have would it have been a full strength England probably. Probably, I would. I can't think of another. Maybe Reese James gets in. Reese James, yeah. But would he get in over Walker back. against Mbappe? Not probably in the back. Not. not in the back four. He no, wouldn't. No. no. I just so. think also there's this this acceptance of failure. Mm. I mean, what we've also got to consider is I think 20, 2018 World Cup was a huge success in terms of getting mm. to a semi final. Probably should have got to the final against you know, Croatia. Probably better than them on paper, but it wasn't nowhere near as good of a side as we have now. I would see arguably England probably out of their full squad probably had the strongest side as soon as Brazil went out. So the fact yeah. that they lost to France, that first big test, and they fell short once again, you've got to look at it as ultimately 
it's another one that's got away from England. It is. Also, at the same time, I would probably say that maybe in, in defence of Southgate, I don't think games are won by philosophies now in, in international football because you don't have the time to implement them. So that's why I think, you know, people would say like, well, I've not really heard it, but you, you say, oh, put Pep Guardiola in there, put uh, Jürgen Klopp in there, put, I don't know, um, a, a philosophy-driven manager who wants intricate detail with everything that happens on the pitch. I don't think that wins tournaments. I don't think you've got the time to do it. I don't think it's something that is realistic at international level. I think if Guardiola went to manage Spain, they wouldn't win the world. They wouldn't necessarily win the World Cup because all his all of his ideas and, and methods take months and months and months on the training pitch, which you simply don't have. So yep. in defence of Southgate, I don't think it needs to be like a, a, a specific philosophy played out from the back that they need to work on as such. I think that it's more like we like I touched on before. It's the in-game management, tactical decisions, the in-game tweaks. Because you can't, you can't create an intricate philosophy in international football. You can't do it. It's different football. That's why I think Jose Mourinho is tailor-made for international football, setting teams mm-hmm. up for a game and then another game and then another game with with a basic plan with some small tweaks. I, you know, that's how you win tournaments. That's how Arge- I mean Argentina basically set up with a defensive block, give the ball to Messi. <laughs> see what mm-hmm. happens a lot of the time that worked and Di Maria who I thought had a fantastic game in the final was hooked off a bit early I thought almost yeah. detrimentally to their to their success they were 2-0 up at the time and then obviously France pulled it back so yeah I, I don't think it's necessarily me saying you need someone in there who can implement a style on the team the style the style's got to be quite basic at national level anyway and I don't think there's anything wrong with how way England play but there is a bit of a lack of killer cutting edge or, or winning spikes with Southgate. However, mm. especially with an attack there. that's with an attack that's so good as well. I mean, you compare the attack of England compared to pretty much every other nation, bar Brazil, mm. and the majority of the England players probably walk in walk into these nations. And um, what kind of want to touch on as well, Johnny? Of course, it, it's been announced that he's he's going to be staying on Southgate yeah. uh, for the Euros in 2024. Personally, I don't think it's too bad of a choice because it's clear that England don't want a foreign manager. They want an English manager. And other than Southgate at the minute, Steve Bruce. who is there? <laughs> oh, oh, well, I'm surprised he's not the manager now. Damn. Well, that's the thing. The option's out there because Graham Potter's not going to take it. Eddie Howe's not going to take it. What do you it. think about that, though? I, I think it, given that the English game's basically been built on foreign managers, I think it's a bit yeah. farcical to think that the manager has to be English. So long oh, as no, he... I, I would love Thomas Tuchel to take yeah. my job, Pochettino, yeah. someone like that. I think Jose that... Mourinho. Well, the things you've got to look also at the success of the Lionesses. Serena Vigman, a Dutch lady, has yeah. done, uh, done an immense job, done something that's never, ever been done in the women's game for this country. So yeah. I certainly think there's a blueprint there for a foreign manager to come into the men's team and make a difference. But I think for some reason, it seems the FA don't want to do that. And if they don't want to do that, they're probably the only option other than Southgate, it seems, is his assistant, Steve Holland. Well, what's the point in that? That's all I'm going to say. I, I think it seems it does seem weird. I think the, the blueprint, if the manager's foreign, the blueprint for me would be has managed in the Premier League mm-hmm. and speaks a somewhat fluent English. And managed I, top level footballers and <coughs> being able to come into a club and make an impact very quickly like Tuchel did at Chelsea. Like Mourinho, for example. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if I buy into the Pochettino uh, idea, to be honest. Cause... I still think the jury's out on him as a manager, to yeah. be honest. I know he did a great job at Tottenham, but PSG didn't really go that well, did it? 
Yeah, you'd argue he's like the international South, uh, the, the club Southgate as well, to be fair, because he's built and instilled a good, ar- arguably with more philosophy-driven tactical ideas. But again, ultimately... Oh, certainly, because, you know, no, I think he's certainly got far better credentials than Southgate. No, no, I, I, mean, I, agree. No, I agree. I mean, Pochettino excelled heavily at Southampton, w- took Tottenham to a Champions League yeah, final. So I don't think there's any, you, you can't say that, I wouldn't say that Pochettino was not an elite level coach, but jury's still probably out on him. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a he's a proven winner, and that's what England oh, needs. Oh. Yeah, you know, if yeah. if you want if you want it at that level, no. I mean, the the problem with Capello, I think, was that his English wasn't very good, and he never managed in England, which meant that I think you had a guy who was very out of touch with the people at the time. He, you know, the tactics in Serie A at the time were yeah. very different to, and he obviously managed in La Liga as well. But his tactics at the time were very different, and man management was very different to what the English players expected mm-hmm. from the Premier League. Uh, his English wasn't very good, so he struggled with communication. Um, it seems to be, I actually heard him in an interview now, he seems to have better English now than he did when he was the England manager, actually, to be <laughs> honest. He actually sounded and, quite... And also, you were managing a, a dressing room of players who clearly had very inflated egos, didn't really get on with one another, mm. and kind of, they were quite clicky, apparently, with mm. Liverpool players would sit together, Man United players would sit together, Chelsea yeah. players would sit together, so on and so forth. So mm. that's one element that Southgate's Newcastle <laughs> Mike, Michael yeah, Owen sat on the table by himself <laughs> yeah he wouldn't be with the Newcastle player <laughs> but that's the one thing that Southgate has excelled at in his defence yeah. is bringing the harmony in the dressing yeah. room which is such an underrated thing because they seem to get on so well as players which you know it's underrated really yeah no I completely agree I mean yeah, it's. It, I mean, England. Could, we, could, we could talk about England forever. It has been a while now, to be fair. I mean, um, in terms of, it's, it's a difficult one. I think you're right. In terms of two years, is it's a fairly quick turnaround. That's eighteen months, isn't it? Because obviously we've had a winter tournament, so it's even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Do you think the target is to is to win that? I would say the target was to win this. Oh yeah, I, I know, but you you've, you're taking out Argentina and Brazil, aren't you? That's the with the Euros. Yeah, I, I mean, I. I, well, yeah. <laughs> Come back, France, to be honest, because I think you know they've got the best player in the world who's going to be the best player in the world mm. in two years, probably. Uh, they probably have Pogba back for that tournament, they'd like to think. And they've got another a plethora of young players coming through. I mean, Skuamed is just going to get better and better, isn't he? With, with, with yeah, I, w- I would say so. But England as well, I mean, we've got we've got some great young players as well, so you can't really count us out. I certainly think it's between the two, but you would look towards France because they've they're winners. <laughs> They've exactly. proved not on the big yeah. stage before. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. should we talk about that final? Because it was pretty good, wasn't it? It was an incredible final. Probably the best final. This was another one where Johnny was a bit three sheets of the wind by the end. But it was uh, <laughs> Johnny and Dad, actually, this time. I'd, I'd gone back home, actually. Oh, how lovely. Yeah, I'd gone back home. Just I bet, the, Johnny, the, I bet you drank them under the table with all the experience you've been getting. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was well, he was, he was was paying out for all of the drinks. And um, we uh, think, think we had... I think we had a solid eight Guinnesses a bit, uh, each. Eight Guinness. I know, I know, That's I know. Heavy, heavy I know it, it was. Because uh, by the end, I'd, say, I'd sent a Snapchat which was replayed back to me. I thought, did you send that? Because I had about seven spelling mistakes. I didn't even know what I meant. Uh, classic Johnny set sending the sending the slightly questionable message or snap message uh, <laughs> after a certain amount of babies. But no, it was really good. I mean, I I said he he didn't want to watch it actually, Harry, because you know. Being the proud Englishman that he is, he, he wanted England to be in that uh, final, <laughs> as did I. And it was a what it was the best final um, that I can. I had to think about this. I think it's the best final I've ever seen in my life. Um, easily, yeah. Easily. 
Well, best international final. Um, you could argue club final. You could argue Istanbul, uh, Liverpool, Milan, three-three. Um, I'm still I, a bit. I was still a bit too young for that. In all fairness, yeah. I mean, I was. That's that's why I. But when I look back, I would say that was a very good final. You had Kakar and Shevchenko in their prime. Obviously, Gerard masterclass. It was Liverpool. Liverpool at West Ham as well was a was a corking FA Cup three-three. Mm. But I think on balance, given the given the magnitude of the game, there's no bigger game than the World Cup final. I think that is the best final I've ever seen. It was incredible. Yeah. You had the two best players on the pitch were, or the two best players going into the game were two of the key figureheads. Also, big big mention to Di Maria, I thought was brilliant until he was strangely subbed off almost with the Argentina coach thinking, we've won this game at two 0 and then yeah. and then France came back into it. But Mbappe and Messi just stood up. Mbappe was incredible. Messi was very, very good. As I say, special mention to Di Maria as well. But you had everything. It went to penalties. You had six goals. That save from Emi Martinez in the final minute was incredible. Yeah. It was yeah. absolutely incredible. And it was. And then the mad thing was that Argentina then broke and nearly scored. And that was the final mm-hmm. 60 seconds. And they look, to be honest, when, when it went to full time as well, I think everyone was sat there going, oh, this is France's to lose now. They just look so up for it. Like within the space of like a few minutes, I mean, Argentina were cruising in that game, yeah. And then out of nowhere, Mbappe. I yeah. mean, we all knew he was good, yeah. But my God, on another level. And it's just the fact, like you alluded to before, there two best players, so many subplots, and they both just performed to the to their best ability, I would say. Yeah. But Mbappe was was mesmerising. I mean, to score a hat trick in a World Cup final, yeah. Score a penalty in the shootout and be on the losing side. Damn unlucky. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, everything. Everything. Um, it was... I mean, Argentina were fantastic for a good while. That second goal was tremendous from Argentina. Yeah. It was absolutely the perfect counter-attack. One of the best goals of the tournament. I think the only the only two other ones that I can think of that were equally in, up there for me, and I might have missed one or two because I didn't see all the games. Um, but the only other two was the Richarlison goal. Uh, the scissor mm. kick um, and also which was brilliant but also the other Richarlison goal against um, I think it was South Korea wasn't it uh, yeah, where, it was the, their first game might have been was it Serbia no it wasn't South Korea oh, or was it South Korea like, anyways it was one anyway the sco- they scored <laughs> no 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 no. so so they scored so I'm going to check this now so he scored two very good goals Richarlison in the, in the World Cup one of them was obviously the bicycle kick Mm-hmm. Um, as he types what, away, as he, as he types away. So yeah, so Serbia, well done, good, good, you. good. So the one against Serbia, outstanding. Um, but also, and it, it was, it was South definitely. Korea. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yep. Glad I got it. Glad I got one of them. But I really like that one because it was one touch passing Brazil tikka taka football of almost what you'd expect from the seventies. I'm saying Tika Taka like that was around in the 70s, but it was something that Guardiola came up with, wasn't it, in terms of what the, the name? But two tremendous goals. But yeah, no, that Di Maria, that Di Maria goal as well. Absolutely brilliant. He also did the sort of Mesut Ozil-esque finish, doesn't he, where he knocks the ball yeah. into the ground. And it was like ping, 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 pong. Brilliant. I mean, that was a, it, it was that ping, ping was literally, everything was one touch, two touch. And it was just so fast and, and mm-hmm. France couldn't live with it. Um, what I would say as well, Harry, in terms of, the penalty shootout. I mean, Emi Martinez has made a name for himself now, hasn't he? But I said as soon as oh, he went okay. penalties, I thought Argentina would win because of him. Because he's yeah, just an and animal. also they'd they'd won a previous shootout. They they beat the Netherlands. Yeah, 
and they look so composed in the shootout as well. And I think France just looked, just, it's still a young team as well, look very nervous. Mm. I mean, and Mbappe though, I mean, three pens, scored yeah. each one. Yeah. Incredible, what a bloke. I think we need to talk about Mbappe a little bit more because yeah. I think we kind of went into the tournament, we all knew how good he was, of course, he's playing for PSG. Yeah. Huge numbers, but still doesn't maybe not get the recognition he deserves because he is playing in France for an amazing team. And I think I had a discussion at work where we all kind of went, who's the best player in the world? Three of us sat there. Two of us said Haaland and one said De Bruyne. And the fact that Mbappe didn't get a mention and that's unreal. Now, you're probably going, yeah, Mbappe's... Mbappe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mbappe versus Haaland, for me, is, I, I, I would always side Mbappe because it's a little bit faster. He's better dribbler. Finisher, mm. I'd say Haaland. Yeah. But then, but then you'd say creation, you'd probably say Mbappe. Um, all round games, all round game Mbappe yeah. basically, isn't it? It's a bit like the Messi Ronaldo debate that someone was saying. Who who do you, who's going to score you more goals? Arguably Messi, to be fair, but you would probably if you had to say Ronaldo, yeah. you'd say Ronaldo. But who's going to give you the best everything else? You'd probably say Mbappe or, or or Messi. So yeah, I he was phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. And I think the 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 it's the physicality of it, the physicality of it, but the 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 physical attributes have been one of the fastest players in the world. Yep. with one of the best dribbling abilities in the world. And then having an ability to finish as he finishes, probably top five finishes in world football, Holland mm-hmm. might be top one at this point. So that's why, you know, we, we're still to, we're still to put Holland that in. Holland's in a league of his yeah, own when yeah. it comes to finishing, yeah. But, I mean, to be like top five finisher in the world... With, the, with all them other attributes. Is, yeah, with sonic yeah. speed and yeah. ball attached to your foot like glue. It's nice. Yeah, you can't live with that. And imagine... Yeah, he, I I think he probably is the best player in the world, but it, it's you could argue De Bruyne is it's a difficult one. He's he had such a such a good tournament, and he will he's so going to be so very unlucky to miss out on the Ballon d'Or when that comes around. Probably. Well, yeah, that's probably moves on to our next discussion. I just want to quickly bring something up, and the the FIFA World Rankings have just been updated. Yeah. Um, number one remains Brazil, which I think is interesting. He's oh, just been updated. I saw this yesterday. Well, it's just come up on my phone that. <laughs> Yeah. So this is the thing, yeah. So anyways, so number one is Brazil. Argentina come in in second. Third is France. Yeah. Belgium, fourth. And yeah. they were, I think they were number one like last week. I don't, I don't know how they're so high because they had yeah. a shock in the tournament. And to be honest, seen it coming. England's in fifth. Yeah. I, I, Belgium, probably not. But yeah. I would say the top three is fair enough. Yeah. I would say so, yeah. I, th- I think Belgium... Ten. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I think Kevin De Bruyne basically hinted at it, didn't he? He says they're too old. Yeah, um, I think a lot of, there's a lot of animosity with, with, so that, with that team. And did, did you see that quite a few of the players like travelled home separately from the rest of the squad? Yeah, they they did. So it was it was just, yeah, it was a weird. And mm-hmm. um, so I think they had their time. Their time was probably 2018 yeah. and the 2016 Euros, and yeah. they fell short. That was that that was their golden generation. Yeah, well, has Lukaku Hazard. turned into Lukaku, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> did, have you seen he? the Have you seen the TikTok? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was that. What game was it? The final group. Oh, game. I felt I felt really bad for him to be honest. Was it Croatia? I think it was, wasn't it? And, and he missed an absolute sitter, followed by two pretty close to sitter moments. Yeah, and you just thought, oh my goodness me, yeah. yeah that Quickly was, before uh, we move on as yes. well, um, honorable mentions Morocco. Yes. Wow. Tremendous. Sensational. I mean, yeah. their fans were just amazing. I remember watching their first game. They, like, it was who did they beat in their first match in the group stage? It was Belgium, wasn't it? Did they beat yeah. Belgium? I think they beat Belgium. 
Maybe. They certainly beat Belgium, yeah. That the atmosphere in that ground was incredible. And I mean to knock out Spain and Portugal to get to the to the did they get the semi-finals? Quarters? Yeah, they finished fourth, didn't they? In the end. Semi-finals, I know they lost at the playoff yeah. to Croatia, but I mean the whole Arab world um got behind them in the ends. Uh, real Real, real, real good story, and a lot of them players have made a name for themselves. I mean, including uh, Sofi and Amrabat, who looks like he's going to be heading to the Premier League in January. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if you want to add anything on to that or not. Yeah, so they drew the first game 0-0 with Croatia, beat Belgium 2-0, beat Canada 2-1, beat Spain on penalties, beat Portugal, 10 men at the end, lost to I France mean, inevitably. The thing is, they played well against France. I mean, arguably, they, they probably did a little bit better than England in terms of yeah. chance creation. Yeah. So yeah, and and Croatia again. I mean, I think everybody thought, especially after the Euros, they had probably thought that Croatia would have got out the group, but may have lost round of sixteen quarterfinals. But to finish third on on yeah. the back of a second place at the at the last World Cup, amazing feat. It just shows once again, Luka Modric. I mean, class is permanent with that bloke. He's he's immense still at, at 37, 38. Yeah, very good, very good. No, tremendous. Yeah, I mean. As a whole, just before we talk on Ballon d'Or, the actual World Cup itself, obviously before you, everyone's talked about the controversies around Absolutely. various things. Yeah, but it was brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, the actual best, tournament was probably the best World Cup I've ever seen in terms of yeah. football. Yeah, Group yeah, stage yeah. was phenomenal. I think the only thing that it lacked to make it a ten out of ten tournament was there wasn't enough heavyweight clashes in the knockout stages. Quite a yeah. lot of the big teams avoided each other. Obviously, it was a shame that Brazil got knocked out of Croatia, which meant that yeah. we didn't have the Brazil-Argentina game. Um, Spain and Portugal falling out the way before. But no, a really, really good World Cup. A lot better than I thought, because yeah. I think we went on the podcast a few days before it started and went, not really bothered for this. So no, it was excellent. Mm. No, they did tremendous. Uh, it was a true. I mean, to be fair, even the fans that went, the majority said, actually, the experience they had, even the English fans, was good. Mm-hmm. You know, despite all the things that have come with it. It's a bit like what I was saying to you before about when I went to China and the differences you get there and what you yeah. hear about that. When you're actually there, you probably don't see it as much. And I imagine when they're there, the fans. And also, I think we even said this on the previous podcast before, uh, not having the alcohol in the stadium actually probably is a good thing to combat crowd trouble yeah. to a point. And, um, you know, £12, I think, what was it? £12 a pint. Probably priced out a lot of the Las crazies. Vegas prices, Johnny. Yeah, it, it priced out a lot of the crazies, I think. So I, on that basis, I think it, that probably helped to combat yeah. any trouble that would have been had. Well, I believe no England or Wales fans were arrested in it's, it, that's, never, that's never happened ever, has it? No. Probably. So, no. And England won the fair play award because you only got one yellow card, so at least something came home this tournament. There we go. There we go. And there I'm sure go. if you'd have asked really Southgate good. at the start, yeah. he'd, have took that, <laughs> he'd have took it. He'd have took that fair play award. To be fair, if t- someone turned around and said, you're going to win an award at this World Cup, we're all going, oh, yes. here we go. Yeah, that yeah. So anyways, fair play winners, you'll never yes. sing that. You will never sing that. No, it sounds like my six aside too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what did someone say for that? They said, uh, oh, oh uh, t- best team spirit in the league. You'll never sing that. There we go. <laughs> what a few games. We've had doing quite well. Anyway, on the side, on the side. Um, yeah, Ballon d'Or, you mentioned it. We touched on it. Uh, has to be Lionel Messi probably because of what he's done now. And, and that'd be an eighth Ballon d'Or. Uh, remarkable numbers for a remarkable player and still at his age tremendous uh, we were sort of saying off air Mbappe probably second Haaland third I mean there may be an argument for Haaland if he, if he can score 
let's say, 35 Premier League goals, which he's, he's on course to probably exceed that, win the Premier League and win the Champions League. Do you think that could give him a shout against Messi or do you think it's it's signed, sealed, delivered? No, I think it's signed, sealed and delivered. I mean, even when he won the Copa America, he'd had, I think, well, that's not quite as impressive as the World Cup. Uh, he didn't quite have the same influence in the final as he did in the World Cup. And he still won, yep. the, he still won that Ballon d'Or, didn't he? And yep. a few people were saying Lewandowski, I think, at that point should have won that Ballon d'Or. I think yeah, yeah. I think... So, probably will be Messi's. Um, and I don't think... And also, I think as well, when it comes to Ballon d'Ors as well, there is a lot of like PR-focused stuff, isn't there, on it? So, mm-hmm. often it is either yeah. Messi or Ronaldo, unless by some miracle someone's had like a ridiculous world-beating, record-breaking set of numbers, mm. which Holland could get. Yeah, but, I just think uh, yeah. playing for Norway is a bit of a disadvantage. Obviously, he's not to blame for that. He could represent England, of course, if he, if he wants to. He could have. Um, he, could, he can't now. Yeah, he can't now, but he, yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's, that's it. But yeah, prob- yeah, Messi's going to win. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And it'd be, yeah. And were you happy to have Messi win that tournament? Oh, thrilled for him. I mean, most liked Instagram post ever. He beat the world record egg in like 12 hours or something. Did he beat my university to one semester? Uh, for Is that the one where you were put the proper pose on the first photograph? I was a bit. You know what? Do you want can I get a bit of context for that? Not that anyone's going to look. Bentley Johnny, if you want to look. Robin's if he's listening to this, he'll probably already, he's probably already had a look. Um our our deputy editor. Um no yours, he, not mine, I'm gone. So, <laughs> right, oh yeah, fine, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um no, I was uh, so I was we had to do a photography shoot for one of the uh, lessons and uh, that was our attempt and the uh, the photography man said it was actually a very edgy good photo. Uh, so I thought oh, I'll use that for the Instagram <laughs> when it comes around. <laughs> look, look like Straight a on the Tinder. I do... <laughs> I look, excuse me. I look like a boss on that. Thank you very much, Harold. Uh, I look like a boss on that. But um, anyway, that that's a very that's a sad note. Um, but yeah, no. What do you think of Salt Bay? It's just a bit. I mean, his Insta game is like top draw. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like that. Like, I, I, he was like all over Messi, wasn't he? Like. Come on, mate, let's get a photo. Like, I've served you a steak before that you probably didn't like. It's like half of our Marvel editors when I was editing <laughs> Chief. I was like, go away, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> That's Noah Robson's problem now. <laughs> Bless the boy. Not even at university yet, and he's going to have to deal with all that fanboying, yeah? Um, goodness me, yeah. That's like, yeah, I hated it, honestly. It was so cringeworthy, and it really riled me. I thought, it's such a muppet. Like, let the players have the fun. Oh my goodness me! Because no, like isn't there like a protocol that you can't touch the World Cup unless you've won it or you're associated with it in some respect, or unless you're friends with FIFA representatives? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, ridiculous. I don't know how he got on there. Uh, unless, well, well, someone suggested to me that he was friends with Davy Beckham, which he might be. He had a triple A uh, VIP pass. So the hell does that mean? Well, it means you can probably go anywhere you want. Uh, sound, I thought triple A was like a battery or something. Trip, <laughs> ridiculous. Honestly. Come on, what a, what a How muppet. old are you? I don't know, 70. Absolute muppet. Muppet. Uh, didn't like it at all. And it should the players should be allowed to have celebrating. Anyway, that's... So you'll not be going to Newsarat for a steak in Mayfair anytime soon. Oh, goodness me. Goodness me, no. Go to Mackey's instead. Uh, other other uh, fast food outlets and restaurants are available. Oh, like can, we, can I just talk about McDonald's quickly? Go on, go on. Um, I had a McCrispy uh, meal yesterday. Yeah. Oh, my God. Changed my life. Like the love child of a chicken legend and a McChicken sandwich. Yeah, do you get, stunning. 
Do you go I to Mackey's few... often? No, not all the time, but I did text a few people from work telling them about my McDonald's. All the so, fast food outlets are available. All the fast food outlets are available. All the burgers are nice. available as well. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, like Salt Bay's restaurant. And I'm giving him free PR advertising now. He's going to have to... Honest, mate, I don't think anybody listening to this, <laughs> irrespective of their financial ability, can afford a steak and news arrest. No, I, don't like know, I don't know, I don't know. You underestimate the financial pulp. Especially us of uh, Basil Wright has been in the killing over the last yeah, two years. To, to be, yeah, they have, to be fair, down to the generosity of the guy who runs the site. Um, so, if, he, if you're listening... Hola. Evening, Javier! <laughs> Buenas tardes! <laughs> Yeah, he's Spanish. So uh, that was that was his best impression of a Spanish accent. So, yeah, no, we're talking, talking that, talking that, talking this. We've also been looking at, like, World Eleven possibilities, because that, that always comes around. We, we love an Eleven. I swear every time we do one of these, there's an Eleven of some sort that gets Yeah, polarized. well, there's, like, a World Eleven that, like, I hate it when people say... Just a team I, of the year, isn't it? Yeah, well, FIFA, the game, I haven't got it this year, but people, usually what happens is, by January, they release some blue team cards... Of the year. Yeah, team of the year of sorts. But it's basically, I think, the best team across the calendar year as opposed to the season. So you think about a lot of different things, really. Mm. Um, And Mm. I thought mine was... uh, It's quite difficult, actually. I I was... Harry's gone for a four-two-four sort of, but I think it took a four-three-three attacking four-three-three, straight (laughs) four-two-four. I know you struggled with a few positions. I think you said midfield, but centre of defence I found really hard, actually. Yeah, yeah. There were a few really that I found a bit difficult, and obviously. I can't. So some of these were based on the World Cup as well, and then you sort of what I what I was doing was looking at the World Cup and then feeding back how they did in club form mm, and mm-hmm. where their reputation's gone. Has it been enhanced with the World Cup? Was it already strong before the World Cup? And yeah. one thing that you've got to bear in mind when it comes to these kind of elevens is have they won something? In most cases, the answer should be yes, but obviously there's going to be a yeah. few exceptions. Uh, but ideally, they have because at the end yeah. of the day, people remember the winners not the people who did really, really well in the team that finished third. So that's kind of where Absolutely. we're at. And the final yep. stipulation I would say is, if I was picking 11 players now to go and win me any game ever, it wouldn't be this 11. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, have we got that in there? Yeah. Yeah. But the team of the year on FIFA, like you see every year, it's, it's not a team that... It, it's players all over the place, really. It's I've tried to keep them in. in place. So I think this team could go out and do something if I wanted them to. Whereas this is where oh, we I might think, I think they do all right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think they would. So in goal, go on, it was um, so it's quite a hard one because you can't go Emmy Martinez because no, you can't. Though, you can't really, even though he was brilliant. It. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't think he's had the best of years with Villa either. I know this season's no. a bit flaky, hasn't he? So yeah. he turned clutch performances for Argentina towards the end. But yeah, well, like Pickford, didn't he really? Yeah, I mean Pickford's due a big move. To be fair, like I, I, would I think say. I think Spurs in the summer for for Pickford makes a yeah. lot of sense. But uh, yeah, no, so Owen and Ari, I had about two in mind. I think Alisson's had a very good year for, for yeah. Liverpool. Uh, and I think he'd had a decent tournament with Brazil, made some good saves. Yeah. Uh, but I'd gone with Courtois for Yeah, Liverpool. I'm the same. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Won Champions League, was man of the match. Probably one of the best Champions League final performances like ever. Yeah. Top keeper. Yeah. Nothing else to really add. Yeah, and Lally. There wasn't a lot of real candidates, was there? Because obviously Neuer's picked up an injury, wasn't really at his best. Alisson, of course, decent, but didn't win a lot. No. Uh, so yeah, other than that, you, you scraped the barrel. So yeah, Courtois, probably the outstanding candidate for, for the goalkeeper slot. Yeah, lovely. Um, in the defence, again, oh, well, I'll be back four for me. Not the easiest uh, mm. one to go with. 
I've gone with Akraf Hakimi, Ruben Diaz, Guardiol, and Theo Hernandez. Mm. So, right, are you yeah. ready? Go on. Guess where I've gone with it right back. Hakimi. Trippier. Oh, for God's sake. What? What's, 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 what? Behave. You played the World Cup. Well, you, you, you played a little what bit. Do you, what do you mean behave? This is, this is based on the calendar, yeah? Oh, no, he's no, no. coming. He's coming he in January. He was at the start of the, the year. He missed. He missed eight weeks. Exactly. But his, his impact on and off the pitch was incredible. Essentially, coming and become a de facto captain, kept Newcastle United in the Premier League. Was the first person to buy into the project. We were destined for relegation before he came in, and now he's he's led the side. He's arguably probably been other than the likes of Haaland etc. The most informed player in the division. He's man of the match essentially every single week for Newcastle. He's arguably, I would still say, he's a world-class right-back. He's one of the best in the world in that position. He's had an incredible year. Kieran Trippier, right-back for me. And, of course, I'm Newcastle, so I've got to have him in there somewhere. So, yeah, Tripp's right-back for me. Uh, Centre-halves, Antonio Rudiger is one of mine. Uh, outstanding for Chelsea at the start of the year. And you can see they're, they're, they're really missing him now. He's gone to Real Madrid. Yeah, I just think he's top. I know Germany didn't do too well at the World Cup, but I think you've got to have him in there. Uh, Success-wise, he's had a great year. Ruben Diaz uh, at centre-half, won, won the Premier League Man City, stalwart on their defence, so on and so forth. And I've got Michel Cancelo at left-back. Uh, phenomenal season last year for City. He's done well again this year. A full-back that can do it all. Defensively very good. Great passer. Can score goals. So, yeah, that's my back four. Yeah, I mean, in terms of mine, just briefly, Hakimi. I, I, I mean, to be fair, Hakimi is always. I've, I don't watch PSG all the time, but when I do in the Champions League, I've always been impressed by how by how quick, athletic, physically can be on down yeah. that right hand channel. Uh, yeah. Obviously, fantastic wing back for Inter Milan, back four for PSG. Yeah, you could argue that he's more attacking than he is defensive, which is true. But mm. then, because he's so quick and strong, he can get back and cover really, really well. I mean, I think he was. Ta- I think, oh, was it Mane down his side? And I, I think when PSG played Liverpool, and he just absolutely pocketed him. And this was a while yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. And he, because he's got the physical attributes of kind of a Kyle Walker, but with better uh, attributes in terms of the offensive bit going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, tremendous. And in the World Cup, brilliant for Morocco, including a fantastic Penenka. Mm, that Penenka was... Yeah, yeah. so uh, for me, that's a no-brainer. No-brainer whatsoever at right-back. Teo Hernandez at left-back, won the league with AC Milan. Uh, definitely one of, and obviously, final of the uh, World Cup. Brilliant uh, performances. It's certainly going forward uh, for his club. I think defensively, maybe leaves a bit to be desired, like that every modern-day fullback does, or most modern-day fullbacks do. But um, it's someone I'd love to see more of. I mean, certainly if you're looking at left-backs and the way Man City played, if Cancelo went to the right-back, you, you certainly look and think, oh, Teo Hernandez is one of the certainly best and brightest um, left-backs in Europe right now. I can't think of any many better than him. Um, and yeah, he's just had a really good year in terms of club and countries, solid, was within a penalty shootout of winning a World Cup and, and Serie A. So, yeah. Very good. Uh, Gvardiol's probably going to Chelsea. He's impressed really a lot for Leipzig, and he's been doing that for quite some time. World Cup's a chance where many people have been able to see what he really can do. I know he got twisted and turned out by Messi in that game against uh, against Argentina in the oh, excuse me in the in the in the semi-finals, but he generally I think had a really really solid tournament like Croatia did. He's a uh, He's a very adaptable, solid... I mean, play, can play the back three or a back four. Quite versatile across the defence. Um, and as I say, he's 
the World Cup's done nothing to there to, uh, to to dampen that reputation. It looks like he's coming to Chelsea or, or to England at the very least uh, in the not too distant future. So he's had a very, very, very strong year. And then Ruben Diaz as well, of course, for the reasons you said. Yeah, brilliant. Um, should we move on to the midfield? Have you gone with the three-man midfield that I hear? Yeah, I'll let you go yeah, first. Yeah. Um, so mine's kind of, I've got like two centimetres and then a bit of a bit of a free-run player. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, the first one, look, arguably the best player in the world like we've, we've spoken about previously. Premier League winner, tried his best to carry Belgium at the World Cup didn't come too much. I don't really need to add much. Everyone knows how good De Bruyne is. So yeah, he's in. Uh, and then Luka Modric, still a phenomenal footballer. Champions League winning with Real Madrid, La Liga winning with Real Madrid, um, and a third place at the World Cup with Croatia. So yeah, outstanding footballer, just total class. Um, third one, can be part of an attack. Let's be honest, he can play anywhere he wants. It's Lionel Messi. Okay, yeah. Um that's fair. I don't, need, to be I don't need to add to Messi. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. That's that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I think that. Yeah, good shout, good shout. Um, can't really argue with that at all. To be fair, uh, I've got my midfield three. Um, again, Modric, timeless, yep. ages like wine, um, tremendous for club and country. Clutch performances for Real Madrid when it mattered in the Champions mm. League with some wonderful little bits and bobs in the midfield. Was, uh, was that that outside the boot goal? Who was that against? Yeah, uh, I feel like it was. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tremend, just, just, just brilliant, and also still, still living at large for Croatia as well, uh, and and can celebrate a third place, which is no mean feat at the World Cup. Uh, yeah, and it might be his last. It probably will be his last World Cup. So Same that he probably to... played till he's like fifty. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It probably will do. It's been yeah, absolutely tremendous, um, for sure. Then I've gone with in central defensive midfield because uh, I've, mm. I've I've sort of started on my left central midfield. Now I've got a central defensive midfield. Gone for Rodri. I think Rodri yeah, is. I can see the argument. Yep. Rodri is quickly becoming the ultimate defensive midfielder uh, in the world. I think, or at least the one that, you know sort of fits that almost air to Busquets kind of kind of idea in terms of really good positionally, very comfy on the ball, huge physicality, uh, just so composed in how he plays. He's improved so much because I remember when he came to Man City, he was in like a double pivot to Atletico and it, and it took some time to adjust to become the single mm-hmm. lone six. But now he seems to have it down to a T, and he was very very solid for uh, Spain in the, in the World Cup. It wasn't down to him that they went out early, of course, the few issues but maybe further forward but yeah no he just he just uses class and he's just so composed in in how in how he in how he plays i just think he played centre back didn't he in the world cup a little bit for yeah, Spain. yeah he did uh so he's quite so you know he's quite versatile as well but you know best position just sat in front of those two uh and he's been he's, he's so important so so important for man city even even though even when calvin phillips gets back fit i always thought that even though he's a good player it's like mm-hmm. it's not going to get many minutes is he when when Rodri's in his way He's good, just, but he's not quite Rodri. That's good. It's good. It's good. The third one, I've been umming and ahhing, really looking at, but looking at all the options, and I think I've also gone with De Bruyne because mm. of his just remarkable, um, remarkableness. I can't really. He's a cheat code, isn't he? He is. Uh, I, I was toying between Pedri, the young player of the year, UEFA, who's had a really, really, yeah. really uh, good period with Barcelona and with Spain, looked really comfy in the World Cup. Then you've got Gavi, who's been compared to Xavi, 
Um, just like Pedro's been compared it's just to Iniesta. the fact that like, pe- like they've had Xavi and Iniesta Spain and then they just pull up like two regens as soon as they retire. Yeah, and they'll get better. And they are, you know, Barcelona haven't actually won anything to justify going in, which is sad. I mean, Bellingham's another one who had a really good Yeah, World. I mean, you forget about Bellingham. Yeah, yeah, had a really, really good World Cup. And even Musiala, you can make an argument for Musiala as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. You, listen, there's, there's, there's arguments galore you can make in midfield, but I think on balance, De Bruyne helping City to another title, yeah. uh, Modric helping Real Madrid to another Champions League, and, and getting Croatia third place in the World Cup, which is great. Yeah. And uh, they have to be in, don't they? You can't not have De Bruyne and Modric in a in a team. And Rodri, because of just how integral he is, I think now, and, and, and it looks like probably the best defensive midfielder in world football uh, for me. So certainly as well when you you know Casemiro comes to Man United I don't think he's been too bad but no I think there's an obvious upgrade in Rodri in terms of how he I know he's been in England longer but mm-hmm. I just think he has a, a few more strings to his bow obviously that's helped under Pep Guardiola so we just have to wait and see but yeah that's my three and yep. your attack Harry oh okay then so the first one I'm going to discuss is my left hand side and I've not gone with Neymar Bruno Guimaraes. <laughs> to be fair, I had Bruno in for a little bit and I put Messi in instead to go with the 14. That's probably better. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I've gone with Vinicius Jr. on the left-hand side and I was humming and hawing between him and Neymar. But I just thought Vinicius Jr. scored the, the winner in the Champions League final. I thought he was, he was decent for Brazil. Not the best for Brazil in the tournament, but just, I think, being as part of that Real Madrid side, how important he was to them. Um, great year goals and assists-wise. Uh, he, he's turned into a, a a top 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 world class winger. So yeah, Vinny Junior just scrapes in ahead of him. Top top world class winger. <laughs> right. Well, he is. Yeah, I'm just going. He scrapes in ahead of. Put that on his gravestone when he dies, Harry. Just uh, put it in Brazilian. Yeah. Or, or Portuguese. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and then the next two, pretty obvious. Kylian Mbappe. I, I don't need to add. Arguably best player in the world. And Karim Benzema, Ballon d'Or winner, and just. Yeah. Absolute legend, coolest bloke ever as well. By the way, his Instagram videos when he does them when he's on holiday, he's next level. What a man! Was he so cool when he was blackmailing his uh, former teammate? I'm just judging him on his Instagram profile. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, he's a cool bloke. But anyways, that front three is silly. Yeah, um, no, it is. I don't know how you can't have Kylian Mbappe in there though. I've got Mbappe in there. Hey, no, you don't. Yes, I do. Do you no, not you hear me say Kylian Mbappe? No, I heard you say Vinicius Junior. No. Uh, so, so we've got Messi as a free Roman attacking right, midfielder, okay, the stroke right, winger. Yeah, I have Mbappe on the right, Vinny Junior on the left, Benzema up top. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, that's where I, I forgot Messi. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, fine. Mate, it's been a long day. Don't worry. <laughs> it has been a long day. I'm very, yeah. Oh, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. No, well, my front three, yeah, Benzema, Mbappe, Messi. Um, you know, I think the, the, the obvious. Well, for all the reasons you said, I'd just say the the people that miss out, Haaland, ridiculous numbers. I know, Haaland. I know, Lewandowski, also ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Um, ooh, Vinicius Junior, I did think about, actually. Cause yeah, he's and then, yeah. like I mentioned, Neymar, he's had a really good season for PSG. He has. Uh, always turns up for Brazil, so. Yeah, I think that it's hard to look beyond those three, although Benzema for Haaland was what I was considering. But, mm, uh, Ballon d'Or, though, isn't it? Ballon d'Or, and also, you know, ridiculous in the Champions League, wasn't it? Yeah, so, so clutch for them. That Chelsea game away from home, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I'm quite... I mean, the only the only place we obviously 
it was separated. It was probably the defence. I think the trippy shout is ridiculous, but... No, think, it's, it's uh, really not, but carry on. Over Hakimi. Over Hakimi. Come on. Over the guy that scored a Penenka in one of the biggest... I literally players. don't care. Right, Plays okay. for PSG. Right. It's not. Put trips in the PSG team. Doing, if not a better job than Hakimi. Oh, come on. Come on. Johnny, come on, come on. you blinkered. You blinkered. Uh, I'm not. He's, he's there's, an expert player. There's far I, more to the it. There is far more to it than winning trophies and he deserves to be there so he's in you just you just said that you just agreed with me when i said it was mainly about winning trophies of course it is mainly around winning trophies well, you just, what you just said to split between the two but what's hakimi won other than a french title at psg he won the pride of morocco oh come on you won the trip he won the pride of newcastle so there you go then so yeah we can discuss this all you want but he's he's playing for psg if trip it now steve bruce Steve Bruce. See, this is Johnny. Just <laughs> move on, mate. You're embarrassing yourself. Come on. Uh, no, to be fair, I think you're wrong. I don't, well, I don't think I know, and I can say that with full full confidence because I love Trippi because he was one of Burnley's best players. So I, I can mm. say that with all yep. full on confidence. Well, but yeah, okay. What manager. Would be, what would it manager. be without debate? And manager, 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 manager. Don't make me go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's only one really. Yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, Eddie Howe, clearly. No, Air Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah. Hands, hands down. Yeah. yeah. Mike Jackson. Michael, his, uh... Michael Jackson. I love Mike Jackson. <laughs> Van Yeah, yeah. <laughs> front instead of Benzema as well. Yeah, but Val, Big Val. Hey, I'll tell you what, Big Val, out that game against... Uh, <laughs> can we have a word on that? What, what, a remarkable, what a remarkable performance. He nearly had a fight with Messi as well afterwards. He's doing his best Chris Wood impression in that game. Man. Very good. He was very good. Um, no, it had to be Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah. I think the only man or one of the few managers, I think, who can have some kind of... He manages to do really well with egos, doesn't he? Like high-level egos without necessarily... Because a lot of managers these days, it's all about philosophy building, so they don't want egos. Like Arteta doesn't want egos. And no. Guardiola doesn't really want egos. And a lot of... And Klopp doesn't really want egos. You well, Eddie Howe doesn't want the egos. Like pretty no. much all the managers in the Premier League don't want them, so yeah. But, but Ancelotti kind of thrives with egos because he's such a humble, easy-to-get-on-with-the-players-want-to-die-for-him kind of guy... Mm. That he kind of that respect, on. doesn't he? Because he's won, he's won it all. He's seen it all. Well, Ronaldo thrived under Ancel- under mm. Ancelotti, didn't he? Uh, Bale thrived under Ancelotti. Uh, he, well, the first time around. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, he does. He, he's he's one of those managers. And, and there's a, there's a few. Zidane probably has that a bit. Um, I'd say Mourinho kind of has that a bit as well, in a way. No, I think Mourinho does the top level egos, the top level players. I think Mourinho that. That's what he wants. Funny Mourinho's thing I've seen about um, Mourinho today, actually, just to go off a tangent a little bit, it was about Dele Alli. I don't know whether you saw, but he was subbed off for Besiktas um, yeah. in their last game after half an hour. They were 2-0 down. Come back yeah. to actually win the game 4-2. And yeah. someone said, Jose Mourinho was spot on about Dele Alli. And yeah. there's a little video on the Amazon documentary just saying that you will yeah. look back at your career and you'll regret it. Yeah. And look at him now. It's, it's spot on. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I think uh, I think the problem with Mourinho, Mourinho can't deal with egos unless they're the top top level egos, like you know mm. the best players. The best players he knows how to deal with it. Ronaldo did really well for Jose Mourinho. Well, Ronaldo the, Pog, the Pogba argument with Mourinho. Yeah, you know, was Pogba really top elite? Top elite though, like the elite of the elites. Oh, he was. Sense. He was certainly world class. I would say. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think if you've got if he had Ronaldo. 
but he had workers around him. He'd make it work for Ronaldo. Yeah. I think that's what he could do. He's, he's got that respect. Do you think Ronaldo would still be at Man United if Mourinho was the manager now? Ooh, tough one. I, I, yeah, we might as well finish on Ronaldo, actually, because we haven't spoken yeah, about yeah. Ronaldo. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, had a, he's had a tough month, hasn't he? Had a tough year, you know? Yeah. My man, Ralph Ranick, he didn't like Ralph Ranick, did he? He said, <laughs> he, he's a sporting directive, he said. He's a sporting directive. Ronaldo, Mike Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dutch, get Dutch on Ronaldo. Yeah, well, actually, uh, just seen the thing about Ronaldo, and apparently he is signing a seven-year deal with Al Nasser, the Saudi Arabian side. Oh, uh, Piers Morgan says that's he, fake news. He's gonna apparently he's gonna play for two and a half years, yeah. and then for the rest of his contract, he is gonna promote Saudi Arabia for their Vision 2030 project and the World Cup. So Saudi Arabia also got Messi doing that. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> That's quite a statement, isn't it? Those two. The last World yeah. Cup goes to Saudi Arabia in 2030. Oh, it will. <laughs> no, no, no. So I think they're, they're teaming with, um, I want to say, Turkey and Morocco. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's certainly, I think they'll get it, to be honest. What would you think about the Saudi, Ara- the Saudi Arabia? What do you think about the World Cup going to North Korea? <laughs> What's wrong with that? Well, North no, Korea won the World Cup, didn't they, in like 2018? told them all they won it. No, it was 2010, 2010 South Africa, because they actually qualified for it. And he told them all that they won. They beat Portugal like 9 0 in the final. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, you know 10. what? I, I was really interested by this. So I had a look at the stadiums that North Korea have. They have a lot of stadiums. Haven't they got what? the biggest stadium in the world? They've got, a, they've got an 80,000er, I think. Oh, it's like 120k. No, I don't think it is. Is that oh, what he I'm told sure. you? Is that what he told you? It's what Kim told me. Yeah, maybe. No, he said yeah. two hundred. No, but yeah. on, on a level, they have a lot of uh, stadiums. And given the way that the world's going at the moment, how do you think that would work? Hundred and fifty thousand. I lie. I lie. Colorado First of May Stadium. Yeah. Has a capacity of a hundred and fourteen thousand in Pyongyang. Hundred and fifty thousand, according to the ever reliable Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm on Wikipedia now and it says 114k. Okay, fair enough. That's incredible. Do you know, look, they have a lot of football stadiums. We probably don't get used that much. What do you think then, Harry? North Korea 2030, what are we saying? <laughs> I'm just, oh no, saying here that the Rungrado is 150k on another part. Yeah, they've got they've got the Kim Il-sung Stadium, 50,000s here. Yeah. Sunan Stadium, 40,000. Yeah. They've got loads of 35k and 30k stadiums. Yeah. Um, not to be an ambassador for the North Korean 2030 yeah. World Cup. Well, you're the, you're the ambassador for uh, uh, rights from Saudi Arabia, aren't you? So human rights in Saudi Arabia with Newcastle. You're the ambassador for Salford Student Union. <laughs> I hope not. But there is a video, there is a video actually, of there was a camera bloke, going, a camera person going around when it was the World Cup, everyone celebrated. I must have been a bit plastered because I looked into the camera and I said, it's coming home and they put that at the end <laughs> of the montage. Angry, drunk, northern man saying it's coming home but I'll take that I'd rather be uh, you know I'm, I'm happy to take that responsibility on I'll wear it with pride the SU ambassador what do you think then Harry on a serious level <laughs> North Korea. well we went to Qatar didn't we this has been a good podcast because I think we started off talking about pints of Guinness and yeah. student union bars and we've ended yeah. it with discussing a potential bid for North Korea to host yes. the World Cup in 2030 I think they do a wonderful job terrific Best best country, no more fit country I could think of than North Korea, in my opinion. Probably. <laughs> Sounds like I've been to the pub before this, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, I despair. Yeah. 
Yeah, I despair. But anyway, if you like what you heard... <laughs> <laughs> you definitely didn't like what you heard. <laughs> so I was going to shake his head. But if you like what you heard, if you like what you heard, please give us a subscribe, a like, and a whatever, and you've obviously listened, and that's really good. Expands the reach of the podcast that might have to be rebranded, seeing as I'm no longer technically in charge of Marvel, and he's no longer here. So uh, that that might be a sticking point as far as the podcast <laughs> the, the podcast is concerned. But the it's Marvel been a black- podcast hosted by the two people that don't do anything with the website anymore. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much. See you next week. Yeah. That- <laughs> But yes, my thanks to Harry again. End of the year pod, it's sort of summarised it all. What are you going to do for Christmas, Harry? What's your Christmas uh, treat going to be? Just chill, family time, back yeah. and work on Boxing Day. <laughs> oh, right. OK, fair enough, fair enough. That's not, but yeah, I'll do a bit of freelancing over over the uh, over the Christmas period myself, but I'll probably have Christmas off and low. Uh, spend a bit of time getting bladdered. OK, so... <laughs> Why waste the habit of a lifetime? Why waste the habit of I'm catching up on long on lost time? Oh, I am very ill right now. So yeah, thank you for listening. Take care. Have a wonderful Christmas. Have a wonderful New Year. And um, yeah, until the next time where we might be rebranded. Take care. <laughs>